Alrighty, welcome back to this my second segment of this podcast for May 22nd of 2022. Alright, I'm taking a break from health and all that stuff. Uh, this might interest some people. I've been uh, seeing a lot of articles about what the CW is doing. If you don't know, the CW is... Another Equic, I think their own parent company is CBS, maybe, I don't know. They used to be owned by CBS, but I saw something where they weren't. Um, this is where all the superhero shows come on, like Batwoman, uh, Charms, Superman and Lois, which is awesome. Where Supergirl used to be come on, uh, The Flash, Arrow, all these shows. So... Recently, a lot of their Legends of Tomorrow, a lot of their shows have, a lot of their shows have been on their schedule for many, many, (laughs) many moons have been now canceled. Um, Legends of Tomorrow, I'm not surprised because they were talking about that they were soon going to be ending because they've been on for a long time. Um... But they got rid of Charm. They got rid of Batgirl. Uh, let's see what else did they get. I mean, Supergirl's been long gone. A lot of their lineup. Oh, man. No, I just can't. Oh, great. I just. So, yeah, there's like talking about the, they're under, um, they, I had one article that says that they're seen in this, in the superhero business. But they've got rid of, like, I mean, shows that, that, that was on their anchor. Um, stuff like that. They've got some new ones coming up this fall. One that they normally show during the summer that I was helping, it was it's called Stargirl. And, but they are now moving her onto, onto Wednesday, so she won't be coming back this fall. On the summer, I was like, man! It's like, one of the shows that I like, now I gotta wait. Um, so it looks like they are regrouping their shows. Like I said, some of these, like, like Legends of Tomorrow was up there. I mean, they'd been on for a lot of seasons, and they were getting close of, of leaving anyway. Um, Flash is when I'm still surprised that's on. Because it's in, it's heading into its ninth season, which I am surprised it's still going. Um, Gotham Knight looks like it's going to be interesting when it comes out. So the question that some of these articles have been asking is: Are they going to start doing? The Arrow, what's it? What they used to call it, the Arrowverse, or the Universe? 
where they would all live in certain dimensions and they would all come together and fight certain things. It's something similar to the multiverse to um, Marvel, but they did it a little differently, which was kind of cool. But when they did, oh yeah, they also got rid of uh, Naomi that was on the season. I never really watched that one. But yeah. But yeah, they got rid of Naomi. So now they have um, The Flash, Superman and Lois, the new entries, uh, Gotham Knights, as well as Supergirl. Which now is... Okay, I'm just reading this article here. It said that they're also the current co-owner parent of Warner Brothers, which makes sense because it was the WB a long time ago. So, yeah, I have to read this article a little bit more, but just using it as background. So, what do you think? why they decide why do I think they decide to act, act cancel some of their shows well part of it is I'm going to be honest with you people like to watch I'll tell you a reason I'll tell you something I like to watch I like to watch an awesome TV show that has characters I like characters I can relate to and that they have a problem, they find a way to deal with the problem, or they fix it, maybe not using super strength, or maybe they use their, their um, mobility, you know, they use their minds or whatever, or they just show different things, you know. I, but, but at the core of the end of the day, if I'm sitting there and allowing, making time for a TV show, is because I want to escape from reality. I don't care about the politics of the day, what's going on, what the actors think about different things, what's going on, or the writers, or whatever. I care about those characters that are on my TV screen about for 48 minutes. That's how long they are on. About 46 to 48 minutes. Depending on episode. And I'm going by this by the resident when I see on Hulu. <clears throat> I don't. I don't. I don't care for that. That's the same thing as when I'm watching Superman and Lois. I mean they have. They have Brian in some things. Which is fine. But they haven't made it their platform. And I think this is what happened with Supergirl. They just brought in so much political banners into their episodes. And they were trying to whatever. And I I think it just, I think it turned off a lot of People, I think it turned off a lot of odds because people just people want to sit down and watch 
a TV show they do not want to be preached at. They want they 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 want to watch a TV show. They do not want some character giving them a sermon about something or another. Now, can a TV show bring in a political view that can be fun and entertaining and bring a different light? Yeah, that's called good writing. I've I've seen I've seen some episodes of TV shows that that I did not agree with politically that they brought in something and and the way they was written and the way they played it out and edited it was like was like okay it kind of made me think a little bit which you know but it gave me another side of the issue that I never seen before let me put it that way and it was good for me to know now whether I agreed with it or not it's just, it was just like already I was just like I get it. But to me, that's entertaining and thought-provoking. And I think that's what viewers want. They don't want to be preached at all the time or hear the same stuff that they hear on the news that the character is seeing in a, an episode of a TV show that's not... That's not living in our world, let's put it that way. And that's when I that's what I think it's what's happening with CW is I think a lot of the audience is like, nope, we're 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 turning out, we're we're tired, we, we want TV shows that entertain and have great writing, great characters, great actors, edited great and I want to be I want to forget the woes and troubles of my world that I live in just for an hour and that's what I want and that's I think a lot of the American I think a lot not just American I think across the world is 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 craving it's not always this television marketing with we have a message and we're gonna push it down your throats kind of and i was it doesn't matter what political view they take i i've seen this done on both sides and it's not pretty it's like no i think that's one reason why hallmark is such popular because people know when you turn on a hallmark uh, Hallmark movie. It's a love story. Boy meets girl from past. Has a dog now. <laughs> and they start rekindling the relationship for whatever reason. Business adventure. Woman needs help. Boyfriend of the past swoops in, saves her. But you know what? You and you sit down and you watch a Hallmark movie. You know what you're getting. You know you're not getting. A politicized from the right or from the left you're getting a movie about two characters who used to be in love something happened separated them now they have rekindled the relationship and now you know at the end of the movie that they will have rekindled the relationship and they will have a they will have a romance off screen and maybe Hallmark will do another movie about them and they get engaged in the next movie <laughs> 
if they're really popular. But, like I said, you, you know when you sit down and you watch an old, you know, when you sit down, you know what you're getting. Alright, I'm not really into Hallmark but movies, but I know so many it is. And I, I know the plot line. You know, it, it's the same way. Um, the other night I watched Hellfighters with John Wayne. I like John Wayne. I just don't care when he's a cowboy. I don't really like his cowboy movies. I know. I like some of them, but I like uh, Mintucket. That's kind of funny. But we can discuss on that. But but I had seen Hellfighters. I've seen like bits and pieces of it. Like I would like I caught in like like one third of the way and started watching it and so I never seen it from beginning to end and I finally got to see it from beginning to end or one time I did and I fell asleep on it <laughs> but this movie doesn't come on very uh, very seldom on cable TV and it doesn't and for some reason I cannot it's not available on digital It's one of these rare movies from John Wayne that's really hard to get. So, uh, INSP had it on because they were doing John Wayne, a month of May John Wayne movies from a weekend in May. And so finally it came on and I seen it and it was pretty good. And so I was talking about it today with my family. And at the time, this movie was very, what was the word I want to say? Risque. They talked about some things in this in a time period that they never talked about. Um, they had a bit of swearing that was not really like we would consider swearing, but because they got the word, you know, they blanked out some of the words. Um, you know, I mean, there were some things that were like in the dialogue suggested what was going to happen and so it just happened off camera but there was like for the time this was really risque it was like um if you've ever seen it it's like John Wayne well the character his name was Chance had a wife and kid and his wife couldn't handle him being a firefighter who put out oil fires because it was very dangerous very risky and and she couldn't handle it, and so she left, took their kid, and raised her kid in San Francisco. And so, so Chance gets her on the job, and I'm not sure he's going to make it or not. And so someone in his business goes and tells his daughter what happened he goes get her and bring her back and this is where you find out in, this, in the episode in the scene how she was raised how she was and then she starts finding things about her father which was interesting and there was things suggested and if you listen to it, you can, you can pick, you can read between, you can leave before the lines. This is why I say it. it was like, I've seen some of his movies and it was just, 
one of one of those things that you had to read between lines to understand what was going on. But it was interesting because I liked it. Um, I thought it was funny because the young woman Trish, she has his daughter in the movie. She falls in love with his right hand man, his name Craig, and Craig is a player. And he he meets Trish and they, they fall in love and they get married right away. <laughs> and that's what brings Trish's parents back together is because she's married and her mom doesn't like it that she's married to a person that puts out firefighter, you know, oil oil fires and all this and that's sure she's going to make it. And she proves them wrong. She does. And she also gets her mom back. She gets her she gets her parents back together. Well, it's it's a really good movie. You should watch it. But there's a lot of things that are indicated that if you watch those, I like old movies, but if you watch movies, a lot of them don't really go into subject matters. I mean, there was one scene between Chance and his estranged wife that she was offered another place where she could sleep, and. Chance asks her, well, do you want to stay here and have a nightcap? <laughs> and she's like, only one. <laughs> so, I mean, there's just some things that I have never seen in Japanese movies where they... This was very suggestive, you know, but at the time when this was made, that was very risque, but it was interesting. And so it was a movie that I liked, and... Even though it was risque, it wasn't. It was suggestive, but they didn't show anything. And I think this is one reason why people like older, uh, older movies, classic movies, classic TV, because there are some things that are suggested, and you learn what they're suggesting about. And then and things that they don't show that you know what goes on, and some of it's just plain old fantasy. I mean, it's not realistic or anything, but you, you know that it's like, okay. And I think people just, I think people want to be entertained. I'll give you an example. The other, over the weekend, I also watched um, Spider-Man No Way Home. Awesome movie. Now, I have not watched the three previous Spider-Mans up to this one, which is okay. I, I think if I had watched the other three before watching this one, I would have I would understood some of the context a lot more. But I still enjoyed it. I didn't really care. I understood what was going on when something was mentioned or something I didn't quite understand. I figured it was related to to the movies that they did or especially the last movie that they did. Um, but I can understand why people really like the actor that plays the current Spider-Man. Um, I had seen him in other movies from, from Marvel, and so I was like, I didn't mind watching. But I remember when this movie came out around Christmas time, I really wanted to go see it because I was hearing, like, really good things talked about on social media about it. And people were like, yeah, I really like it. And a lot of, I, there was very many people who didn't like it. And the ones who didn't like it, they were asked, well, did you see? No. Like well, yeah, it's a 
it's a Marvel movie, Spider-Man, it's always best known that you know something about the character before ghosting it. Especially if you haven't seen the current stuff, but, you know, the movies before it. But I, I really enjoyed it. It was really good, and I understood why people liked it. Because, for one, it was about a character. It was about a, a kid who was learning to become an adult. Who just... If you, and I'm spoiler, so if you haven't seen it, I don't know. Who just found out that the world just found out he was Spider-Man. How that was affecting not only his family, but his close friends around him. It was affecting his future, not only his, but his friends. And what he actually needed was a mentor that helped him to guide him into this. But he was always making the wrong decisions. Excuse me. And because of making the wrong decisions, it ended up affecting <laughs> not only him, but the rest. It only affected him and his friends, but also the rest of the world. So, so he had to learn. He had. He had. He had to learn. He was going through this, and so you had a a young, naive kid who was a superhero who could act really mature at times whose heart and mind was in the right place but because of his inexperience made the wrong decisions was always looking for the easy way out instead of dealing with the hard way and so you had this transformation because of of the movie what he had to face he was beginning to realize that sometimes life is hard and you just have to go through it and make better choices and but he also realized that because of his decisions from the past and what was happening around him because of the spell that he wanted Doctor Strange to cast he realized that that had severe consequences and so he made the right decision that was going to cost him everything and sometimes we think about and what was really interesting about towards the end of this movie was that he had to give up his identity which meant he had to give up his entire world that means that he had to grieve for his aunt by himself he didn't have anybody to support him through that grief he lost the friendships around him that would help him grieve he was now essentially alone essentially alone in the world starting his life over again that no one didn't know who he was and you know this is a young kid i mean this is a kid in senior you know senior high school and who's and but at the end of it he stayed true to his identity and was his neighborhood friendly spider-man so it's going to be interesting to see when they make the next movie of spider-man what exactly happens because now they have a setup where he is now totally alone does he make new friends does he find somebody new and tells them their identity 
does he let his former friends have their life and go on does he you know there's a lot of different questions but i think the reason why people walked away liking this movie was for one he was true to himself all the way to the end he was still spider-man regardless of the cost what cost him that he understood that the world needed spider-man and that he was still spider-man in which i think I think a lot of people have been disappointed if he just said, no, I'm walking away and starting a brand new life. No, he decided that he was still Spider-Man. And that he was going to create a new life for himself, regardless of what happened. He wasn't feeling sorry for himself. He wasn't feeling like, oh, what happened? He just decided, this is the way it is. This is what I've chosen for whatever reasons. And this is what I'm going to do. And I think people, it's, it's a very empowering story. You know, it's like, yeah, people do sacrifice something for people that they love and care about. And I think that's a story that reaches lots of different people in different, different ages, you know. You know, that's just something that just, I, I got, and I'm thinking that was entertainment. And this is what I think people want. People want entertainment. They want to care about a character, watch a character go through some hard times, learn from it, become better, or make the ultimate sacrifice for whatever reason because they want to still be a superhero or because it's the right thing to do to protect their loved ones. You know, I, that's what I think. And I think entertainment, you know, I think and I think there's some awesome stories about there and people get these crazy ideas to, to, to sit on their soapbox and preach. People don't want to always have that. People just want to like, give me an hour of entertainment. Give me a reason to care about. Or also too, a lot of, and a lot of networks also too, another thing I get aggravated too, don't give shows the opportunity to grow. This is one reason why I don't watch sci-fi on regular networks because they only get about one season and that's about it. And it's just like, really? It's just like, no. Or they make it so filled with a message about something. And it's just like, really? Instead of being character driven. It's about the message, not instead of the character. I've seen that too. And it's like, already. You know, or or sometimes, or not asking the questions. I've seen some opportunity where, where it could have been really good if they would have touched on a subject and they did not want to do it either. But Or if they did, it was, it was edited out. Let me move it that way. Well... Yeah, that's my my theory. I think entertainment just needs to be entertainment. I think that's what it needs to be. And that's what it you know, that's what it needs sometimes. I think people are just so tired of a message or sometimes I've seen a message where it was really good but it was also very entertaining. And I think if people want to put 
a message was in the writing or whether you better darn sure to make it very entertaining as well. So anyway, that's what I wanted to talk about and just want to thank you guys for listening. And I'm going to stop here before I yawn too much. So I am going to go ahead and let you guys go and I hope you guys have an awesome week and I will see you later. Wait a minute. I forgot before I went there. Yeah, this is why I think something bothered with anemia, the way my brain is acting up. Alright, so before I let you go, you can always catch me on my blog, alexandermars.com. You can hit the contact button and send me a message if you so choose to. I would appreciate that. I would love to hear from you guys. And you can also catch me on Twitter at AM Storytelling. And of course on Facebook under Alexander Mars. And I will see you guys later. And have a good week. Toodles! Alrighty, everyone, and welcome to today's podcast with Sunday Talk with me, Alexander Mars. Woohoo! Woohoo! So, today's date is May 22nd of 2022, and yeah, I'll keep it short this week. But anyway, so yeah. I've been on putting on a, I'm on a new stomach medication. And been taking that last few days. My sleep cycle's still off, but you know, hey. Uh, it seems to be helping. Uh, I, I got some answers the other, I got some answers about <clears throat> what my GI doctor find, but I don't really understand what it all means. That's, that's a different topic for a different <laughs> podcast episode. I'm trying to get all the information out, but I'm getting some answers, and I don't know, but it is what it is. So, <clears throat> I got I have an appointment to see my uh, primary doctor, and hopefully I can get some answers from my primary doctor. If not, I will be, I'll be calling somebody and going, hey! So, so yeah, but my rheumatologist put me on a stomach medication and so, so there you go. So I'm on that and so, um, yeah, (laughs) here, if you're not used to dealing with, um, medications and stuff like that and if you're new to my podcast welcome uh i talk about uh being disabled i have i deal with rheumatoid arthritis i'm dyslexic add uh, i've been battling anemia and uh, pretty soon i can add digestive issues to that list of things but um so my rheumatologist put me on stomach medication. She didn't really want to do that, but I just had a nice, well, I had a talk with her. So, and she came up with a plan. 
It's a plan. So she put me on some snow medication. It seemed to be helping. It was actually good. So she, I asked her because I have trouble swallowing pills. And I asked her how it was going to come. And she said that it should come like in a 40, like in a tablet form. And I'm like, okay. Well, I forgot to check my medication. I always check, especially I need to see how it is. See if I can swallow it or not. And for some reason, as I've, last couple of years, I, I have a hard time swallowing cap, capsules. And so, <coughs> so, because once you take the medicine, a pharmacist will not take it back. Come in a, in a tablet. Because, like, she gave me 40 milligrams. And that only came in that particular, that only came in that brand. And, <clears throat> and my doctor thought they would give me a generic. And it turns out they didn't. They gave me the name brand, which is fine. So... So basically, my pharmacist looked at it and said, well, you just need to get some applesauce and open it. And so, so it's a good thing I did because I was almost getting ready to check out for the, of that episode of the Aaron run. And so I had to go back and get me some applesauce. And so I've been taking, so I've gotten lucky. The, the pill doesn't, I thought it was going to have like a really bad aftertaste and it doesn't, <clears throat> So, so basically as I dip out the applesauce, mix it up, well actually, dip out the applesauce, undo my pill, and mix it up, and, <coughs> and eat applesauce. And it's not really that bad, but... <coughs> So I've been taking that and, and doing that. I've been getting some relief from my stomach, which is nice. So <clears throat> is it possible that <clears throat> what I've been thinking <clears throat> last few years that everything because of my anemia is because of my stomach? We'll find out. So I will. I will find out in a couple of weeks. So <clears throat> I want to talk about today too about anemia and having iron fatigue. I've seen a comment in in my support group online talking about um, one of the members was talking about fatigue and how none of the <clears throat> RA medications were helping with fatigue. And got me to thinking when does <clears throat> fatigue, RA fatigue, is much more than RA fatigue? That's really a hard question because I, like I said, one of the symptoms is I was always tired and I'm still tired. And so that's like a really hard, that's like a really hard question to answer. But I think it's an important question to ask, especially if you, I guess my thing, my personal story behind my anemia was I knew there was something not right I didn't feel right it didn't matter what I did I just didn't feel right I just felt there was just more 
Um, I tried different solutions a couple of years before I actually got diagnosed with iron deficiency uh, anemia. And I, at the time, I didn't really have a good primary. And I think it, I, one of my things that I like to tell people who are really uh, diagnosed with RA, you need a really good rheumatologist and you need a really good primary. And that can work with, that can work with each other. Because that will make the difference. So, <clears throat> so my first primary didn't kind of blew it off and I, I, I got really in a situation where my old rheumatologist would say, well, you need to go talk to your primary and my primary would say, well, you need to go talk to your rheumatologist. And I was just like, whoa. And I did not like that situation. But that was like my first time ever in a situation like that. So I had to learn to advocate really strongly <clears throat> with my primary to get some things done and so finally started. And then, then my primary got mad at me because my old primary doctor got mad at me because I refused to take iron tablets. Well, if I have too much iron, then my knees blow up like giant balloons. And didn't seem like really concerned with that. So that was just, like I said, I struggled with that. So finally, when my old primary left the practice and I was seen by another doctor and was struggling being sick all the time, because this was, this was before I got diagnosed, I was sick. I would get sick really easily and then it would take forever for me to get over it. And then it would take like antibiotics. Well, you can't always take antibiotics every single time you get sick. But it was just seems like it was like I get on antibiotics, I'd feel better, I'd feel good two weeks, and then about about a week later after getting off the antibiotics, I'd be on the same cycle again. I it didn't matter what I did, and I was always cold. Middle of summer and I'm freezing. <laughs> I was cold, so cold. So and I was sleeping a lot and stuff like that. So finally when I went, because I was sick, and so finally in the summer, I think that was the summer of, yeah, summer of 2019. <clears throat> and so I went in and saw, went in and saw the other doctor that was taking over for my, for my former primary, and then met the new one that was taking over for me, and realized this doctor realized that I had something a lot more went through my records and said well back in 2013 your blood counts were really good and then something switched and I'm like really and then he wanted me to send he wanted me to send me to a specialist that deals with a blood doctor basically or I should say the eye doctor, the hematologist, and dived into that. And when I went to see him, I was very 
anemic, very close of losing my life. That's how bad my numbers were when I went and find seen him. And then I got some iron and it made all the difference. But so I didn't really get diagnosed until 2019. But I remember before leading up to them, I was like, I was sleeping a lot. I get tired. I get drained really easily. And I originally thought the way I was feeling was RA because I wasn't really on a good biologic. I knew my medicines weren't working. I knew there was a lot of different things in play. I also had vitamin D issues. And so I knew there was a lot of different things off. And so it was just finding different things. But it was, it's the iron. And I just wonder how many people with RA like me just said, well, this is just fatigue. It's RA. My medicine's not working. Blah, blah, blah. Or this and that. I, I wonder how many people, and I sometimes wonder if this particular individual that I saw, I'm wondering if she's thinking the same thing I did before I was diagnosed with anemia. And the thing about, and I'll tell you, the thing about having, and one thing I'm running into right now is having iron, fish, iron deficiency uh, anemia is my current rheumatologist doesn't want to change some of my medications around because it can make my anemia worse. Uh, my rheumatologist and I disagree on that, but that's a different story for a different time. <laughs> but, you know, this is so one thing if you get diagnosed with this, you might have, uh, if a person gets diagnosed with this, this might be an issue with changing medications but I'll handle it when I get there <laughs> but so like I said when I was talking about is it makes me you know having I was like sleeping all the time and feeling tired and run down and not feeling the greatest having shortness of breath having Accelerated heart rate, all this. I was having lots of different symptoms, and I just didn't know what it was. And at the time, also too, it was my thyroid, and my thyroid levels were out of whack. And it turned out the reason my thyroid levels were out of whack was because my iron was out of whack, and it just made everything else in my body out of whack. So, and I'm still having issues about sleeping, but when I get up. I have moments of I have moments of clarity where I have energy and I try to get things done in between and that, that doesn't always happen but it happens so so if you have if you know someone that's dealing with rheumatoid arthritis and they're tired all the time or they don't look right or something's off or something has changed or they say they don't feel right encourage them to go get a doctor and get a complete blood work done. Get their iron checked out, get their vitamins checked out, get their vitamin D, their magne magnesium, uh, B12. Get get blood work done. Have them to get like a whole list of blood work done to see what their, their you know, see what the blood work is showing. Um, 
because that will tell the doctors a lot exactly what's going on and what needs to happen next. Excuse me. You know, that's that's one thing I would say. You know, if you're struggling with fatigue, get it checked out. Because it may just be more than RA fatigue. It could be something else. Because I know with my sleeping pattern right now, how I am, it's not all due to RA. I think I still have issues with anemia right now, I'll find out more next month in June when I get my blood checked. Um, I'm hoping I don't have to go through another round of, of iron again. It's just crazy. But, like I said, I know it's an old saying and drives people nuts, but it is what it is. I mean, you have to get checked out. You have to be your advocate. Or sometimes you have to encourage the patient to be an advocate for themselves dealing with doctors. Because sometimes I get really frustrated sometimes, especially with my recent encounters with doctors the last couple of years as they wanted to, excuse me, they wanted to blame it on the RA because it was like, well, we checked for this and this and this and there was nothing. And so... It's the RA. And then one medication I was on that was really helping my stomach took me off of it. And said, well, it will make your anemia worse. And I'm just like, it's helping. I feel better. I got really mad about that and put me on another one. And guess what happened? I still was battling anemia. Um... I should have set my foot down with that one, but I was getting over some things. But, <clears throat> so, it's, like I said, it's one of those, it's, it's one of those things, um, I get I get really frustrated because I've been dealing with my stomach for the last few years. I had I had stomach issues before I got diagnosed and my stomach was really bothering me. I mean, let me put it this way. I was like before I got diagnosed, I was like eating like Pringles nonstop. Then I ran out of Pringles, I had to go in the store and get Pringles. I mean, I had people looking at me and start like, she's here to buy Pringles again. Yeah. Because that was the only thing I could eat. I would get hungry where I'd actually be hungry. And that was the only thing that my stomach could handle was Pringles. And now, I'm, and and I, once I got my iron back up to levels, I cannot stand Pringles. I had a dream the other night, I think it was the other night, where I had someone the dream, go, here, I know you like it. I went to somebody's house and they were like giving me a snack and said, well, here, I know you like Pringles. And I was like, no, not anymore. <laughs> I, was, I was, it was like, I went to somebody's house and they were like 
because they had something they were like, yeah, we got you, we got, we got you a can of Pringles, and I was like, and luckily it was a small can of Pringles, and I'm like, no, <laughs> I was like, ah, I was just, it was one of those dreams. I was like, I hope this is a dream because I don't want to go. <laughs> and I was like, okay, I, I think I said thank you, but it was a dream. Yeah, I just I remember that it was like, oh, that's when I woke up. <laughs> No, I don't want a can of Pringles. I can't stand them. Because I ate, I ate them so much. That's just like, now it's just like, you get that can away from me. Now I'm not saying Pringles are bad. Pringles are great. It's just, I ate, before I got digging, I ate so many Pringles that I have just, like, no. It's just, it's just, it's a major turnoff. It's just like, I don't want, because I ate so many Pringles before I got diagnosed. Up the year leading before I got diagnosed, I ate so many cockpicking Pringles that I just didn't want it, and it was just really hard, and, And, you know, another thing I remember was people asking me, it's like, why are you eating Pringles all the time? And it's like, well, it's the only thing my stomach can handle. And people look at me like, that's... Like, no, it's not. You just want to eat Pringles. I was like, no. It was because I was having major stomach issues. That my stomach, for whatever reason, could not handle regular food. And that, I mean, there were times I would eat, but I'd get really eat, but then I'd have, I'd have stomach pain. Or I would not, or if it, my food was digesting, I just did not feel the greatest. It was really nuts. Um, the other, uh, the other day I went to a buffet and they had put fresh mashed potatoes out and got me some. That was like my second trip up and I got me like a spoonful of mashed potatoes and I got some gravy and I got some other things and I went back and I tell you what oh my god those mashed potatoes were oh so great. They were so nice and fluffy and yummy but I tell you what they burnt my whole entire I, I ate like one spoonful and they were still really warm. I was surprised even how warm they were after I got back or this is how sensitive my stomach is, but I ate like two spoonfuls of mashed potatoes and it burnt my stomach. It felt like my stomach was on fire. It was like it went through down my sarcophagus and when it got to my stomach, it was like as it was going through the process of my stomach, it's just like my stomach just erupted in flames on the inside and I was just like, oh my word. And I'm just like, oh my word, that hurts so bad. Luckily, I had some something cold to drink, and I just kind of backed it. The mashed potatoes are really good, but I had to let them cool off. I don't know if it was if it was just if they were really that hot, or if it was just my stomach. So I ate some other stuff, and then basically finished up the mashed potatoes, but. That was like a game changer because I'm just like, I never had that. 
I only had that sharp burning pain is like when I eat like really hot soup. This is why I don't really eat soup that much anymore because it burns my stomach, but I never had mashed potatoes that Oh, that burned my stomach and I just felt it was like as they were going through the process through my stomach, it was just like, oh my word. It hurt. But you know, but this is what I'm dealing with with, with my stomach right now and it might be it might be the cause of my anemia, I don't know. I do know that I I do know my iron is a lot better, but it is not back where it needs to be. I am feeling better. But I'm still majorly tired. And so I don't know what's gonna happen. I just need more answers. And it's not like it's not like you see on TV like the resident or any of those medical shows where they they bring in a medical problem at the very beginning and at the end of the movie it's solved or it's part of a two-part episode or whatever. It's never... It doesn't... It doesn't work that way. And I wish it did. And then between getting diagnosed right before COVID with anemia and then dealing with all the COVID restrictions hasn't helped either. So... Anyway, but I'm just saying, but if you're, like I said, going back, I'm back and going, going back now. Like I said, if you're like, if you know somebody or if you're a person dealing with RA and you've got, your fatigue has changed more, you know, I would really suggest getting all your blood work checked. I would get checked for anemia. I would get, I would just have all the work. So I would just make an appointment with your I would suggest highly to make an appointment with your primary and just say, hey, I'm not feeling right. This is not normal. Something has changed. And it is now, you know, let's just get some blood work done and see exactly what's going on. And going, yay. So. I just want to talk about that, <clears throat> and so, so, so that's basically. I just wanted just to talk about that, and I will see you guys in the next segment. Toodles.